approaches to mental fitness. Are you tired of spinning your wheels, running in circles, trying to make progress with your career in entertainment and the arts? Well, this is the podcast that will change your life. Each week, we'll share strategies and techniques you can use to achieve more by working better and more effectively so you can reach your goals faster without having to work harder. Hi, I'm Gordon Firemark, and this is More Better Faster. Well, hello again. I'm Gordon, and this is the second in our series on changing our attitudes about wellness. Last episode, I talked about diet, exercise, and physical fitness, and I asked for a little accountability. And you know what? It worked. I had set an intention to get at least 20 minutes of exercise in the week following that episode, and I'm happy to report that I did it. I have done 20 minutes of exercise at least, um, I'm sorry, 20 minutes of exercise at least four times during the week. And I have done that consistently since. It wasn't without incident, but I did it. Uh, Over the weekend, I went to my mom's place to swim in the very nice pool there. And I dove in and I realized that this old shoulder injury I'd had months ago hadn't really healed. I've just been favoring it so much that I didn't notice that it was hurting anymore. Well, one stroke of the the overhead crawl and uh, I nearly passed out from the pain. I've got some kind of a rotator cuff, something or other. I've got to get that checked out. So... Anyway, back to walking in the evenings or the mornings to get my exercise or uh, some other physical activity. And in the spirit of taking better care of myself, I'm going to go get that shoulder checked out and do whatever it takes to heal or repair that. And in other good news, over those past couple of weeks, I am about three to four pounds lighter. So just being conscious and intentional about things seems to help. So thank you for letting me use you for a little accountability. This week, I want to shift the wellness, fitness, health discussion to the mental side of things. But to be really clear, I am not a healthcare professional. I am not a mental health practitioner by any stretch of the imagination. So what I'm going to talk about here isn't meant as medical or psychological or or really, you know, anything other than just sort of common sense kind of advice. This is for people who are basically mentally stable and healthy but who may struggle with things a little bit. If you are someone who is really suffering, if you are in mental or emotional pain, or if you've got stuff going on that you can't deal with yourself, and I will submit that if you've got stuff going on that's consistent and persistent, uh, it may be that you need some help. So get some help. I hope that the ideas I share will provide some comfort, but you've got to go get the help you need. Mental health and wellness is not something to trifle with or to treat cavalierly. Reach out to your doctor or your clergy member or your teacher or a friend or ask, you know, a family member, someone for a referral to someone who can help you. It is not a sign of weakness to ask for help. In fact, that's the first sign of strength because you matter and you're worth taking care of. So remember, loving yourself is the most important love that there is. So love yourself enough to swallow your pride a little bit and ask for help. Get the help. Nothing to be embarrassed about or ashamed about. I've been there. I got help. And it saved my life. So, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to get into that maybe another time. But uh, anyway, for, for those daily trials and tribulations that we all encounter, the things that you know suppress our mood or make us feel crummy sometimes or whatever, I've got a few strategies and exercises, sort of workouts for keeping your mind healthy. And here they are. First off, gratitude practice. You've heard me talk about this before on the show. You will be amazed at how much better you will feel if you just take a few minutes once or twice a day to express gratitude. It is so easy. You just say, I am grateful. 
I am grateful for my life. I'm grateful for the sun, the moon, the stars, the sky. I am grateful to live in this time and place and to have the things that I have. I'm grateful for all that I've been given, all that I've learned, all that I've earned, and all that I've given to others. I'm grateful for my family, my friends, my clients, my customers, my colleagues, my listeners, my audience. I'm grateful for the lessons that life has taught me and is teaching me and will in the future teach me. I'm grateful for all the opportunities that have come and that have yet to come. You don't have to be speaking to anyone or any God or power in particular, but if it helps you to have one in mind as, as you do it, then go for it. And if you want to next level the gratitude practice, express your gratitude to the people for whom you feel grateful, with or without explanation of why. You'll feel great. They will feel great. It's a double win. Say, I am so grateful to you, mom, for all that you've done for me throughout my life. I'm grateful for the unconditional love and the support that you gave. Thank you very much. That's all you say. And you don't, they don't have to feel obliged to say anything back. You can even say, don't feel obliged to say anything back, but I want to share this with you. And it's a wonderful, wonderful way to make other people feel good and to feel good yourself at the same time. Now, I like to journal my gratitude. Sometimes it's just in a notebook here on my desk, or sometimes uh, I like to go big in public and post a gratitude message on social media with a hashtag gratitude journal. You may have seen me do that. If you've never done any of this, please give it a try. Get started. Set a reminder so you do it. Maybe it's at you know 15 minutes before your normal bedtime, just to grab a pad and paper and jot down a few things you feel grateful for, or say it out loud. Keep that journal daily. Keep the the habit going daily. And your outlook on life can't help but improve because you're counting your blessings every single day. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is meditation. Now, this is a little bit of a harder habit to develop. But if you can let yourself get quiet and still for a few minutes, the benefits of meditation will be really powerful. So here's what I recommend doing. Now, this is not a formal meditation practice like a, um, a meditation coach might work you into, but this is what I have found useful, and you can take it further if you find it beneficial. Find a calm, quiet, comfortable spot and sit in a relaxed, comfortable position and just breathe. Focus on your breathing, the breath coming in and holding for a moment and, and then back out and clear your mind. It takes practice. You're, look, you're going to have thoughts come up. And the trick is not to dwell on them, not to judge them or yourself, but just to note them. Let the thought come into your mind. Take note of it. And let it go. Clear it out again. This is the process of bringing your unconscious into your conscious. And that is very powerful because it helps you spot the things that are going on underneath the surface that may have a big influence on how you live your life that you're not even really aware of. But when you become conscious of them, it's much easier to make some changes, to dismiss the ones that aren't useful, those kinds of things, and to emphasize the ones that are. What is it they say? Accentuate the positive and eliminate the negative. This is part of that process. Now, you don't have to do anything with what comes up for you in this. You can, but often... No deliberate action is needed. Sometimes just letting the stuff bubble up into the consciousness is enough for you to heal and dismiss it. And then you stop carrying it around. Don't you feel lighter already? So be on the lookout 
especially when you're doing this for limiting beliefs, those, those statements in your mind that the, I can't, or I couldn't, or don't do that. It's dangerous. Or, you know, are you crazy? (laughs) Those kinds of thoughts take note and see if you can dispose of those because those limiting beliefs are just that limiting and they do hold us back. You can seek out a meditation teacher or coach if you find that you're having trouble or you just want to elevate this practice. But the great thing is anyone can do this. It doesn't cost a thing. It doesn't take a long time. You do it for five minutes. You can do it for hours if you, if you have the, the, uh, uh, the inclination and the discipline. But start small. Set a timer for five minutes on your, on your watch, your computer, whatever, and just tune out the rest of the world and breathe. You could set an intention before you sit down to do the meditation, work that intention into your practice, whether it's an intention that today's going to be a great day, I'm going to be hyperproductive, or I'm going to sleep really well tonight. Try that. You are unlocking some, some little-known aspects of your mind's power when you do this. And after all, other than a few minutes, what have you got to lose from trying this? Now, I actually find... I make a much more effective use of my time throughout the day if I actually take the 5 or 10 or 15 minutes out to do some meditation. Even especially, actually, when I'm feeling time crunched, that's when you really need to sit down and chill and get rid of everything so you can, you can find center, I guess you could say. All right. You can use a mobile phone app to help you meditate. And there are lots of other you know, uh, tools, great guided meditation apps on your phone. Um, um, there's a, you can, you can find them, just look for meditation app and, uh, uh, they will steer you into and out of that deeper mental state where you really get some powerful work done. I think it's worth giving it a try, even with just a little soft music or some nature sounds go even better yet, go out in nature. If you've got a, a place that's sort of quiet with wind and the bird's chirping and those kinds of things that sun warming your face, you know, sit down for five minutes. Uh, I sometimes go to a park nearby here and I sit down on the grass and I uh, just cross my legs and, and assume the position with the hands on, you know, resting gently on my knees and I'll do my meditation, close my eyes and just focus on the breathing and, and this stuff or just silence is fine too. Another strategy. This is the third one that I want to talk about is forgiveness. I'm not going to go too deeply into this other than to say, look, we all know if, you, if you're carrying around old grudges, old pain from past transgressions against you or shame that you felt as a result of someone or something happening or hurt feelings, if you're carrying that stuff around, that's on you. That is not on the person who has transgressed against you. You've made a choice to carry that junk around. And you have a choice of whether to continue carrying that crap around, letting it fill up the available space in your mind and your psyche, or you could let go of it. And the way we let go of those hurt feelings, shame, grudges, and pain is to forgive. Now, you may think that forgiving is an act of grace that you direct at the person who has wronged or hurt you. And in a sense, I guess it is because that person if he or she is even aware that they've been forgiven, may feel a little better as a result. But really, forgiveness is about giving yourself the grace to release those hurt feelings, the judgments and the anger that surround things, so you can drop that baggage and make space in your mind, in your psyche, for the good stuff. One of the most important acts of forgiveness you have to do, absolutely, this is most essential. Remember what I said about the most important 
love you can have is the love for yourself. Well, this is self-forgiveness. You are your own worst critic. We have all heard that saying. Think about it. Who judges you more harshly than yourself? I mean, maybe you've got a mother or a father who is a very harsh critic, but I promise you that even when they're not around, that inner voice in your head is echoing the things they say or would say or worse. I know my, my own inner voice is much harder on me than my mom or my dad would ever have been. So we judge ourselves much more harshly than we judge others. So how about we just stop it? Forgive ourselves for such a harsh attitude. This is amazingly freeing when you finally realize how much of your own internal fear and shame and pain is all self-generated. And after all, I promise you, once you are an adult and your parents aren't responsible for keeping you alive, <laughs> you know, nobody else is, is thinking about every little thing you do anywhere nearly as much as you are. So how about giving yourself that grace? Just say, I forgive myself for judging myself. I, forgiving, I forgive myself for being such a harsh critic. I forgive myself for everything that has gone before this moment in time. I forgive myself for what comes next, but I will try. I will try to be as good a person, as good a human being, as good a spirit and soul as I can be without judging as I move through my life. I forgive myself. Try that. I think you'll find it very powerful. You have to sort of believe it, work up to it, work into it, but Doing that along with that meditation practice, along with that gratitude practice, this is powerful, powerful stuff. And it's so easy and so painless and cost-free. And finally, activity. Just as much as our muscles need to be regularly used and stretched and exercised, so too the mind needs regular exercise. Now, when we're in kid, when we're kids in school, we get you know, plenty of that in the course of our formal education. It's organized. They're going to teach us about stuff. We're going to have thought time. We're going to have conversation time. We're going to get out and exercise in the yard at recess, all of that. But in, as we get out into the world and we get into the work world, we're spending more and more of our time and our energy and our mental bandwidth on a very few things. We stay on task in our jobs, our work. Maybe there's a hobby or some key relationships that we focus some energy on as well. But our minds need Recess. Our minds need exercise. We need to do some other things with our minds to keep the, all of the muscles, all of the mental muscle active and limber and in shape. Things like playing games. Maybe it's board games, card games, math games, Sudoku puzzles, right? Writing, journaling can be a good exercise. Creating things. Painting, sculpting, writing music, writing poetry, all of these things. Really good exercise for the brain. Even if nobody else in the world is ever going to see these things. Indulge your creativity, your creative spirit. Explore new fields of study. Find a new hobby. Find a new interest area. I remember a few years ago, I got very interested in world history. And I wanted to read history from perspective other than the traditional American point of view. And I... I, uh, I received a, a book, a, a world history book for Christmas that had a really interesting um, 
less Western centric approach. And I learned a tremendous amount. It opened my mind. Reading, reading of any kind, reading fiction, reading poetry, reading music, playing music, all of these things. Study a new language. Study a new culture. Travel. Go visit another place. Study a new skill set. Develop something new. Take up another another hobby. Add something to your repertoire. Maybe it's a maybe something more you do at work that will expand your horizons and opportunities. Keeping our brains and our psyches active is so, so important. Studies have shown that people who do the crossword puzzle in the newspaper regularly have a lower incidences of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. What does that tell you? The brain will start to atrophy if you don't exercise it. And your, your mental status, at least partially, mostly, I think, comes from a function of the brain. So work out your brain and your mind just as you do your body or more. After all, it doesn't take a lot of exertion. Another interesting thing is, did you know that your body, your brain consumes a large percentage of all the calories that you burn on a daily basis? The brain is not, you know, moving furniture and lifting things and moving around, but it consumes a tremendous amount of the calories that we use. So nutrition becomes a thing we have to think about and, and approach properly when we talk about our mental health and mental fitness. It makes sense that the things we consume matter to our brain health. And since the brain and the gut have been shown to be very directly link, linked, it is even more obvious. They say you are what you eat. Well, your brain is what you eat. And you're, if you're eating something that causes inflammation in your gut or other parts of your body, the brain is aware of it and does its thing to try to heal that. And that's why you may feel tired or sluggish and things like, you know, all kinds of, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't know all about this, but I've seen and read enough to know if you eat junk, you are setting yourself up for problems. Now, this is me, the pot calling the kettle black, right? Uh, people in glass houses throwing stones, but I'm going to try. I'm trying to do better. I haven't researched this at all, but I've read that there are some foods that are considered brain food, things that are high in antioxidants, high in certain vitamins. It stands to reason that if that's the case, then there are also some foods that are definitely not good for the brain, toxic to the brain. So I think it makes sense to eat healthier. Avoid drugs and alcohol and things that can cause pros, pro, uh, excuse me, problems like inflammation or circulatory disease. Your brain depends on a consistent blood supply. So cholesterols that can cause occlusions or dietary habits that could lead to high blood pressure or heart attacks or strokes could cause real, real problems. And even if you never have that full-blown stroke, if you are slowly narrowing those passages, choking off the brain's supply of nutrients and oxygen then the brain's going to atrophy just a little bit at a time. And who wants that? So the bottom line, feed your body, your brain, your mind, and your psyche a healthy, healthful diet so that it will purr like a well-maintained machine for a very, very long time. So to recap, those daily trials and tribulations, they happen to us all, and some strategies you can use are a gratitude practice, meditation, forgiveness, activity exercise for your brain, and nutrition. A few ideas about ways to keep our brains, minds, and psyches healthy. I hope you'll 
get started with some of them and we can all enjoy life just a, a little bit more. And uh, that's going to be it for this episode. I will talk to you again really, really soon. Next time, we're looking at keeping our spirit healthy and fit. Should be interesting. Interesting.